I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of This American Life. In today's episode, we're looking at the American public school system. Hang on. No, we're just talking shit again. Yay! I'm your host woman, Hannah Varrell, and I'm joined by actually ate something green for lunch today, Alexandra Haddo. Never again, Hannah. And hiding her sex life from her new puppy, Caroline O'Donoghue. Three weeks in counting, Hannah. This week, we're discussing design technology, zoology, and agriculture. So by the end of it, we'll be able to build a fox. So guys, we had our first Instagram message the other day, um, and I think we can safely say misogyny is dead, because it wasn't a dick pic. It was a lovely dumb lady called Polly Thorpe, who had a question for us. Um, So Alex, do you want to read out what Polly asked? I will. Thank you, Polly, for writing in. Polly says, Hi, dumb woman. I have a dumb question to ask. It is this. Why is scaffolding so awful? How is it safe? Why haven't they invented anything better than planks and bits of metal? And how does it stay up? I would love you guys to look into this because scaffolding seems bullshit. So, quite a emphatic opinion there from Polly, I think. And did the um, did the message just end there, Alex, or was there more? Um, she also just said that she is. Uh, just let me. She says, "Oh, I." She says, "I'm really enjoying the podcast, and I like to learn stuff too because I'm dumb as heck." Thank you. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, I didn't know she was going to say that. Yeah. God. I thought it might be something else, like about, you know, how we need to work harder, but that was really, that was really nice. I know. I feel great. It's almost like the flattery would kind of get her a mention on the podcast and then make us answer her question. How strange. Well, don't worry, guys, because... Paper, Russell. <laughs> I have researched scaffolding for you, Polly. So, we all know what scaffolding is. Describe it as you as you think it is. Oh, poles and wood. Yeah, when I think of scaffolding, I think of like Aladdin. You know, when he's like, one jump ahead of the nana. Yes! Nana, I'm stealing your bread. Lala, <laughs> <laughs> only what I can afford, some prostitutes. Um, <laughs> it is basically some prostitutes, isn't it? Yeah, he like runs yeah. into a prostitute's bedroom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like a harem. But yeah, no, you know, he's like bouncing off all the different bits of the building and like, you know, jumping on bits of wood. Whenever I see scaffolding outside a major building, I just hear one jump ahead in my head. <laughs> yes. And you kind of want to like jump up and down on it, don't yeah. you? Like swinging. And actually, um, I'm wearing very Aladdin pants today. You are? Mm. Yeah, very ballooning. So maybe I can go charm a hooker. Well, we'll try that after. We are in Soho after all, eh? <laughs> um, as a side note, did anyone fancy Aladdin as a child? Obviously. Yes. He was my number one. So that's made scaffolding very much more... It's taken a sexual angle. Fine. (laughs) All right. Um, But basically, it is planks of wood and poles. 
And that's why Polly's question was so good, because you're like, oh, surely by now. No, no, no. That's so basic. It's literally that. There's like 10... It's like, um, what's that that thing that you buy boys or ladies when they're younger? The uh, sort of construction... Meccano? Oh, yeah, Meccano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meccano. Um, It's basically that. There's like 10 components of scaffolding, and I'm not going to read them all out here because they're très boring. (laughs) Um, But basically there's 10 bits that go together, and it's kind of like, you know, a long pole, a short pole, a... A joiny pole. A joiny pole. (laughs) Right. A joiny rivet. (laughs) And some wood that you pop along on it. Is it not secured? Uh, the wood quite often isn't secured, but oh. it can be. Are any of the parts from Agrabah? Well, I'm glad you asked, actually, uh, <laughs> because uh, scaffolding originated in North Africa. And can anyone else guess what country? I've just seen it on your notes sheet. Oh. China. China. It's always China. Obviously, man. it's China. But I was looking into scaffolding, guys, and you know how Polly said, "How is it safe?" It's not that safe, guys. What? It is not that safe. So uh, I typed in scaffolding the other day to the old internet, as is my want. Did you ask Jeeves? I asked Jeeves. <laughs> Did you bing it? I, Of course I binged it, yeah. Bing everything I do. Ask it all the big decisions. <laughs> um, basically, there's a lot of scaffolding accidents all the time. Funnily oh. enough, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, because you're not harnessed on, are you? You're just... Walking up there on loose planks of wood. But you should be. You can't do anything that's like above two metres tall without uh, being harnessed on these these days, PC gone mad. (laughs) (laughs) You you really can't. So how's that allowed? According to AOL, it sounds like I did bing it, because who's looked at AOL in the last 40 years? But anyway, according to AOL, the deadliest jobs in the country are in construction, and last year, 43 builders died in workplace accidents. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I know, it's crazy, right? So, yeah, it's not that safe. It's very basic. And the only thing is that is attaching it to the building is uh, every four metres you have what's called an alternate lift, which is basically you sort of somehow attach it to the building. So it, it's, not a, it's not a good idea. What, you just like sucker it on? I guess. I mean, I think maybe you sort of hook it on to... Or like drill into the building and then you fill it in afterwards as you're oh, taking the scaffolding yeah. down. Like when you make a hole in the wall. Like yeah, like when you hang a painting, but like a really big painting that has people's lives at stake. Oh. Mm. It feels amazing they haven't come up with a better solution yet, like a portable like lift that shoots you up into the right floor or something. Yeah. yeah, like a window cleaner has. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but no, they don't. And... Uh, but they think, yeah, basically it originated in North Africa and China, although obviously there's Smug an China. ancient Greek cup in which someone has drawn a picture of some scaffolding on it, so they think it might have originated in ancient Greece. Do you reckon the Greeks were just like, fuck, we've invented everything, draw it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like Michelangelo and his stupid flying machine that he didn't even build, but everyone's like, but he came up with the idea. Yeah. It's like anyone who's lived in the same civilization as birds would think about flying. Yeah. Like, shut yeah. up, Michelangelo. In fact, um, Oh, wait, Da Vinci? Which one? The same, right? Same thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad you mentioned <laughs> Michelangelo, weirdly. Ooh. Because in my piece that I found today, which is three surprising facts about scaffolding... There's only three. In most, <laughs> most lists like that, it's like 12 or yeah. 27 or 17, but no. Yeah, sadly no BuzzFeed article on scaffolding yet, but uh, if you're listening, guys, happy to write. Uh, Michelangelo is considered the best scaffold designer in the history of mankind. And I didn't even prompt you to say his name. Wow. wow. Well, on the, such a wavelength. Because 
When he was doing the Sistine Chapel, <gasps> way back. Of course. In the bejesus times. <laughs> Whenever he did that, uh, he built his own scaffolding. And it, a scaffolding wasn't really a thing. I mean, I guess it it kind of must have been on some level industrially because they had to build stuff. But no buildings were massively tall. Like the Colosseum is probably 10 floors high. It's pretty tall. But how did they build the Sistine Chapel for him to have a ceiling to paint on? They must have had to use scaffolding somehow. I think I remember reading this fact. It's like this, it was a different kind of scaffolding because he could like literally lie on his back and paint. That's it. That's yeah. exactly it. So essentially he built his own scaffolding because it's a fucking know-it-all. So he didn't even need a builder to do it. And yeah, he designed his own scaffolding to paint the ceiling of the chapel. And he was basically reluctant to take up the project at first because he said he wasn't a painter. False modesty. <laughs> Humble like, I'm a better scaffolder, really. Yeah. My scaffolding. You can scaffold this then. Yeah. There you go. Scaffold it and do the ceiling instead of the walls. And he was like, great. Yeah. Do you reckon he like, built his scaffold as his sculpture? And he was like, this is modern art. And they were like, while you're up there, Michael, give the bloody ceiling a paint, will you? Knowing that he was a perfectionist and he wouldn't just give it a coat of white. Yeah, he'd have to do uh, a whole bloody scene. And you know that whole story is the the smart woman behind the dumb man. He probably uh, told him like, yes. fine, do your little napkin drawing, put on the ceiling. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I, I love that. Me. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, Pope Julius II persuaded him to carry out the work, to which he agreed later. He said that the task was Herculean. Herculean. Mm. How brave of him. Yeah, yeah, so he had to lie on his back while painting incessantly atop the scaffold. And uh, essentially the, the fact, the interesting fact from the three facts about scaffolding mm-hmm. was that Pope Julius would often climb the scaffold to inspect it and Michelangelo would hold him a hand, hold his hand out to help him up. That's how boring scaffolding is. is that That's one the, of the wow. three facts. Is that where the hand came from? <gasps> Maybe that's the real hand Maybe reason. That's his, like, little like his like love message to yeah. Pope Julius. Maybe he was in love with the Pope. Oh, this is way better than scaffolding. Because <laughs> Michelangelo was gay, wasn't he? They were all gay, weren't they? Yeah, I think they were all gay. You can't be painting that many dicks and not lob one in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's scaffolding. Do you want to know one more interesting fact before we go? How go interesting on. is Alex? It's pretty interesting. Okay, actually, I've got two. I'll read you out the other two. Um, fact number one. In some parts of Asia, bamboo scaffolding is still used, even for skyscrapers. <gasps> oh, God. So how will the pandas die? I think so, yeah. <laughs> so the population is so low, they're eating the bamboo. They eat the scaffolding. There is the that, and also like, a panda on the 18th floor <laughs> bobbing off, taking his break at the wrong time. This panda is not supposed to be in this meeting, but listen to his ideas. <laughs> it's like working girl, but with pandas. Don't judge him, it's not just black and white. <gasps> oh, I'll leave. Uh, and also, the Great Wall of China was built using bamboo scaffolds, which makes me feel more confident about the skyscrapers. Because oh, the Great Wall of China is still been there here. It's been there for fucking ages, hasn't it? Exactly! Yeah. And you can see it from space. Can't see fuck all else, but you can see that. So that's scaffolding. Thank you, Polly. It is dangerous. It is shit. We should have thought of something more, but we haven't. <laughs> Thank you, Polly, for writing in with your question. If you'd like to submit a question to the School for Dumb Women, just like Polly did, you can email us on dumbwomenpod at gmail.com or tweet us at dumbwomenpod or Instagram message us at dumbwomenpod. And Caroline, pod on that is short for podcast. It is, yes. Oh. Also, I just want to say, like, if you want to submit something, 
don't be scared about how bonkers or weird it might be. Like, the weirder and more obscure, the better. Yeah, agreed. So, you've had seven Facebook reminders about it, and finally the day is here. It's the Women Who Code Mixer! Hooray! I'm glad you clicked attend. Um, yeah. I mean, I could be at home in my own filth, but I guess it's good I'm here wearing trousers. In this week's Women Who Code Mixer, we're learning about cookies. So have you guys heard of cookies before? I like cookies. All flavours. Yeah. I like how um, for the longest time we just had biscuits and then we had chocolate chip cookies, which came in those Maryland things. <gasps> but then some point in the early noughties, um, all the supermarket bakeries started doing like those giant soft cookies that yes. came in bags of six and teenagers would walk around with them and a massive thing of Pepsi. And that was what it was to be young in the early noughties. It really was. Yeah. Okay, so we've heard of cookies before then. Uh, What cookies on the internet do, in a nutshell, uh, is they send information about your internet usage to the various websites that you use. Um, So when you visit a site for the first time and it uses cookies, it will download a cookie onto your PC. Um, my, my PC, your you PC. Say. Okay. Mm-hmm. Your personal My PlayStation computer. 1. Um... And the next time you visit the site, then your PC checks to see if it has a cookie that is relevant to that site and sends the information in that cookie back to the site. So it'll be like, hey, Caroline here on the oh. site again. Yeah. It's very, it's a modern man though, cookies, aren't they? Because they always ask for your consent. Yes. <laughs> well, that, that, that was a law that came in in like maybe 2010, 2011. That seems about right, yeah. 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 Probably <laughs> that's counts. when I started hearing the word consent as well. Yeah, being exactly. bandied yeah. around all the time. But sometimes cookies are actually really good because uh, like when you're online shopping and stuff, it's cookies that remind the website that you've got something in the basket already. So when you open a new tab, because you're like, oh, maybe these trainers are better, um, you'll have the original pair or whatever in your basket. Or sometimes it's just like you see something, you realise you don't want it, and then it follows you forever around the internet. Like yes, that's Facebook, also cookies. Twitter. That is cookies. That always reminds me of, um, do you know Hansel and Gretel? Uh-huh. You know how they like um, were like thrown out by their parents, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> Someone threw them out. <laughs> Someone threw them out, anyway. And uh, they, they leave crumbs to sort of, so they can find their way back to where they came from. But <gasps> in, instead they go yes. to That is what it's like. Cottage. But in this case, the witch's cottage isn't a witch's cottage. It's Mark Zuckerberg's pruned asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Caroline, and- you've grasped this concept very quickly. <laughs> Thank you. And Mark Zuckerberg's dangling that dress that you've wanted. <laughs> <laughs> and just cackling. And then, like, yeah. he has a big oven and he's like, ah, yeah. And then you're like, well, I must spend money I don't have and buy it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you walk back to your parents' house looking fly. Also, do you think they had like a summit where they were sort of like, hmm, this is quite sort of Theresa May surveillance and quite invasive to see what you've been looking at on the internet. What shall we call it? What does everyone like? Yeah. Cookies. <laughs> Other things on the idea board were like, Budgies! Yes! (laughs) This website uses hugs. (laughs) The dark woman who code mixer? Exactly. Yeah. But we've all got nice dresses, so. Yeah. I think this is a really successful one as well. I've got that idea in my head quite quickly. Yeah. Yeah. We've all been really good at grasping that idea because maybe we've had cookies implanted in our brains. Learning cookies. I had a cookie for lunch today. (gasps) 
So Caroline, uh, it's time for our zoology section. Now you've mentioned once or twice in this podcast recently, Mm. you have acquired a puppy. I've acquired a puppy, Hannah. Um, And it's made me a pillar of the community. Everyone, all the kids in my area now want to speak to me. And before they used to just spit at me. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. You're a lot drier. (laughs) Would you say you're a dogger? I'm a a wild, crazy dogger. (laughs) You've been around. dogging for three weeks now. Been dogging for three <laughs> weeks, and it's a—it's uh, not uh, invigorated my intimate life the way you think it would. Mainly because oh. my dog is so young that she cannot be alone. Oh, I haven't figured out a way to look uh, since getting yeah. this dog. So why? Um, this is kind of my question today for you, mm-hmm. Caroline. Why on earth do we have dogs in homes? Because they piss and they shit and they bark and they don't talk, and you can't watch Netflix with them. Oh, they can't, you know, yeah. talk to you about the stories. No, cer- certainly there are many cons <laughs> to owning a dog. Many, many pros, like the children thing I just mentioned, but also, you know, affection and companionship. And um, uh, I've been really struggling with being freelance. So uh, having, like, I have a very tiny, like, manager is very good. <laughs> so, w- like, when she comes over to be like, what's going on? I In my head, I'm like, oh, check in on my performance report, are you, Sylvie? And she's like, yes, I am in your head. <laughs> um, um, but... Why we actually have dogs is a fascinating roller coaster that I'll take you through very briefly right now. Oh yes, please. Um, so we have actually humans have um, lived with dogs for longer than they've had farms or domesticated cattle or anything really. Like they are our earliest relationship with animals. They are our best friends. They literally yeah. are our best friends. We've been hanging out with dogs forever. Um, and I, I mean, it's no secret to anybody that they are descendant from wolves. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's kind of it is a bit of a uh, debate within scientific community how the wolves became our dogs. So the two main theories are um, that somebody just like snatched a wolf puppy and was like, "This is cute," and just oh. sort of raised it to be class. Yeah. And um, because obviously in early societies a dog was a massive massive help because you could train it to hunt for you you could train it to sort of oh yeah yeah you know, track and kill animals and stuff um but the other major theory and it's much more recent is essentially that dogs like invented themselves which i find very cool um, <laughs> so when we were kind of we lived in like nomadic tribes that were just like go to an area eat all the stuff there move on yeah um, they would like learn that oh where the humans are going they're leaving behind like bones or whatever and they just um, would would follow that trail and because they knew it was like a, a safe bet for food yeah um, and then they just gradually became tamer and tamer and oh. then they started living with us and hunting our food for us and just being our pals oh that's so nice it is nice dogs are well nice guys so there are 36 species of canine why do you think they're called canines because of that film <laughs> K9. K-9. With the dog detective. <laughs> Jay-Z yeah. in his song. Uh, something to do with teeth. It's because of their teeth. Yay. Yeah, they, the 36 species of K-9, of dog, they all share that one trait. They all have those special teeth for grinding up bones. So and the t- dogs were named after the teeth and not the other way around? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Not 100%, but sure-ish. Not a factual podcast, okay? (laughs) And uh, yeah, one of the reasons that dogs and humans have been able to form this like very intimate emotional connection is because they're two species that rely heavily on eye contact for context. Oh. So yeah, like dogs like 
you know, you've had that before. You've had like a stare out with a dog, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you're not supposed to stare at dogs, are you? Because it makes them think you want to fight. Yeah, they think it's threatening if you stare at them. Yeah, I think if you're if you're a stranger, definitely. But I, I mean, yeah. I've only had a dog for three and a half weeks or whatever. But there's definitely like a. I feel very cool. I actually feel like a heroine from like an eighties like family movie that I should have like a bandana on and my dog by my side solving mysteries because like sometimes she'll look at me to see if things are okay and I'll just look back at her and give a nod and she'll be like oh cool that's fine <laughs> I got that that's good that's good so there are 400 distinct breeds of dogs Bloody and hell. I was wondering how many do you guys know guess the dog <laughs> I think I know lots of dogs because I went through that phase between the ages of like nine and twelve where I was just obsessed with dogs and I had this dog dictionary and I just wanted, wanted to know all all the dogs I wanted to know all about all the dogs Did you have so any hopefully friends? I'll do quite well, well they're at a great game. thing to know oh, about no, Hannah of course not oh of course not um, so what I'm going to do is I brought in a book full of dog breeds um, so I'm going to show one of you a picture of a dog okay the other one is going to describe what that dog looks like for the folks at home and we're all going to try and guess what that dog's called together to see how well we truly know our dog breeds. I'm so ready for this. Does okay. everyone grasp the basic concept of guess the dog? I yes. am ready. Good. And listeners, you can play along at home by pausing it after the description and trying to guess yourself. All right. So this first one, Alex, you're going to describe the dog for the people at home. Okay. And Hannah, you're going to guess. I've okay. got my hands over my eyes. Oh, great. Dog number one. Okay. This is your sort of average... Mostly white, but some brown patches dog. It's got big floppy ears, but quite short fur. Spaniel. I've, I've, no. You're sort <laughs> of a, uh, it's sort of like a detective dog. It does stuff. Um, it, look, I think it chases foxes. What actor would play in the film? Oh. I've got it. Um, Hurry up. I want to say what it is. Oh, okay. Morse. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, can you guess that dog? I think it's a beagle. It's a beagle! Hey! It's a beagle. Ding, ding, ding. Ah, nice one. It's a great game. Oh, okay, I want to play one. Doggy, 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 doggy. All right. Okay, this is like a like a handsome dog. Oh, this is like the dog you fancy at school. Oh, um, it's got short hair again and floppy ears. It's black, but it's got very symmetrical orange patches, like in a very handsome way. Is it a tiger? Do you want to fuck no. this dog? <laughs> I think maybe I do. Yeah. <laughs> the only dog I've ever fancied is the dog from Fox and the Hound. Oh, fair. I don't know if that dog looks like this dog. No, I fancied the fox. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, this dog has little orange eyebrows as well and quite a serious expression. Is he a Scotty dog? No. no. Schnauzer? No. You're kind of close with Schnauzer, though. You're in the right ballpark. Okay. It's, I think it's German. Like I said, it's, it looks yeah. German. I associate it with Germans in films. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, who would play in a film? I don't then? think it's a... I don't think it, there's a Leif famous Schreiber. dog that... <laughs> yeah, kind of Leaf Schreiber. Yeah, like a Leaf Schreiber of dogs. <laughs> Who's Leif Schreiber? So he's an evil dog. Just like a serious, sexy German man. Okay, yeah. Alsatian? No. No. I'll read the description. This dog should employ professional public relations agents to overcome its unwarranted bad press. Contrary to what you read, this is not a devil dog. That's why I think I thought it was an Alsatian. Um, I didn't know they were evil. Yes, the breed is a natural territory guarder and liberally uses its intimidating voice to state its commanding presence. Yeah, no, that's true, actually. If you've got, like, drug dealers who've taken over a factory in the middle of nowhere in a film, yeah. they've got this dog. Rottweiler. Oh, so close. Should we just tell you? Yeah. yeah. It's a Doberman. Ah. Oh. Do you want to see him? Yeah, I want to see him. Oh, that's a Doberman. Yeah. That is your classic dog that you yeah. fancy when you were younger. Yeah. Rottweilers too, though, like, um, for, the, for the drug dealer's dog. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Can we do one on you? 
Oh yeah, okay. Okay. My eyes are closed. It's a uh, medium size. Me yeah, medium to small, I would say. It's a it's a fancy dog. Ooh. It's so fancy. When they get their hair cut, they have like little poofy <gasps> legs. Oh no, but you're in the sort of right yeah, ballpark. They've got poofy legs, but then they'll have their back Be- hair cut short. Yeah, and their beards trim. are long. And they have like... Oh, schnauzers? Yes! yes. Yay! Yay! What size of schnauzer? Medium schnauzer. That's not a thing. <laughs> Miniature schnauzer. Yay! Oh. Well done. Schnauzers are good, aren't they? Yeah, they and are. it's fun to look at and to say. And they look like World War One generals. Yes, they do! <laughs> With their moustaches. Yeah, oh, must have Schnauzer. Guessed. So, Alex, you're the only person who has been unsuccessful in the game of Guess That Dog. Oh. Um, however, me and Hannah will share our giant check with you. So I would say, Caroline, I'd love to meet your dog because she sounds so cute. But weirdly, I met your dog yesterday and you were there, Alex. I was there because we went out on location. It's like we hang out. It's because we've (laughs) had the funding for this podcast increased. Now we've got a Zone 2 travel card. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you wanted to tell us about your dog's gross bumhole, so we all went to your house. Mm, Yeah, well, I mean, I've noticed that my segments tend to veer towards the scatological quite frequently. (laughs) So uh, I thought it was only right that I, rather than tell Sylvie's worm story behind her back where she can't defend herself that I should take you to meet Sylvie and she could give her side of the story as well as me giving mine which she did yeah let's cut to the studio yeah so they basically they give me this little worming tablet and they're like give her half now and give her half in a month's time and that's all they say so I don't know anything about worms at this point mysterious so, very mysterious so I just assume like oh yeah it's like a preventative thing or something it's like an inoculation essentially yeah Yeah. so I give her like I coat it in butter I give half of it to her she eats it all down like good girl Sylph forget all about it next day Gavin's like in Essex for the weekend I'm with her she's been so cute she's like asleep on on the couch like in a ball on my stomach and it's like the cutest thing ever and she like suddenly like mm, like shakes herself off and she wrinkles her little like nose and shakes her head from side to side and she gets up off the couch and she like sits on the rug and she just looks at me and then this fucking worm comes out of her butthole Oh! and she just curls out this massive turd that is like 50% worms like big yellowy worms that's disgusting that's the worst thing I've ever heard apart from all the worm you'll notice you're sitting on my kitchen my, my living room floor right now the rug is gone Oh. Because I have washed the rug and also I don't want to put the rug down again until I can feel differently about it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was a lot, guys. And I'm like, as well, like, Gavin's in Essex. I'm sort of alone with the wormy dog now. It's no longer cute for a while. I mean, obviously she's cute. Now but... you have 25 pets. <laughs> I, like, hundreds of pets, you really. You the worms, too. <laughs> Free pet. Um, but I, so I, 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 luckily, I have a friend in Ireland who is a veterinary nurse. And um, I call her and I'm like, what has happened? And she said, all dogs have worms. When they give them that worming tablet, it like essentially like purges the worms. Oh, that is. How does a tablet make the worms come out? I don't know. That is, but that know. seems so against evolution that you're born with these things that you don't need. But yeah. they need you. But they need you. Am I going to get worms because I'm sat on your floor? Oh, is it going to be the school of dumb worms? (laughs) (laughs) Is it going to be like, episode 84, we, the worms, have taken over the school for dumb worms. I for one welcome our new worm overlords. (laughs) (laughs) 
Sylvie, look what you did. Look what you did, Sylvie. The women are trapped in dumb cages with the dumb dog. <laughs> we rule all. Well, that was lovely. Uh, we both enjoyed, I know, sitting uh, at the spot where the big worm shit happened. Mm. <laughs> Witnessing history, like when you stand in Westminster Abbey. Yeah, there was a small chalk outline of the shit, wasn't there? <laughs> and and several more of the worms. <laughs> yeah. What a gross bitch. Yeah, she's a pretty gross bitch. Yeah. Dumb t- There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So I'm venturing out with a segment on agriculture this week, having almost never visited a farm, (laughs) uh, certainly never run one. Anyway, um, I've been seeing a lot in the news lately about milk. I don't know about you guys. I have because I keep seeing that vegan advert everywhere saying that it's really awful to drink milk and there's a very sad looking cow on it. Yeah, vegans are really starting to gain traction. So I would tell you some specifics about these vegan stories, but that would date the podcast. So instead, this is really clever, I'm going to read out some news headlines that I hope will be doing the rounds by the time you're listening to this. Oh, Oh, amazing. And then I'll just cut out whichever one's not relevant. So In the future. There's been all this news going around that millennials are killing milk. (laughs) Uh, That Gwyneth Paltrow has said women should bathe in milk to balance their aura. She probably has Um, said that. That milk has become sentient and therefore we shouldn't drink it. Yeah. That to um, enter the USA, you have to be the colour of milk. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that one's already true. Um, So, yeah, why did I decide to investigate milk? Um, I'm a horrible monster. I have milk on my cereal. I even sometimes drink milk as a normal drink. And I think that is a bit weird. Are you a middle-aged man? Yeah, I think I am my dad. I've also seen this meme on the internet that's like, oh my God, what was the person who first discovered milk doing? <laughs> Gross. Um, but I've never seen an answer to that. What were they doing? Yeah. Well, were they giving a cow of good old friendly tit squeeze and then were like, oh, that was nice. Do you know what? I just, think, I just think they were trying to feed their family, really. Oh, yeah. yeah. So when did we start drinking milk? Oh, um, Victorian. Chinese. <laughs> Asian Greece. 
<laughs> Basically, we started drinking milk during the Neolithic Revolution. Oh, uh, bloody ages ago. Yeah, which is when humans first started going from doing hunter-gathering lifestyles to having a lifestyle where they had agriculture and they lived in settlements and they didn't move around the whole time. So they had a better quality of life and they could have more babies and stuff. And that was as early as 9,000 to 7,000 BC uh, in Asia. Oh. And then 3,500 BC, which sounds like a strange number, in the Americas. Wow. Yeah, and they know that uh, people were drinking milk that early because they looked at lipid residue in prehistoric pottery. Ew. It's the pots again. Jesus. They, they why have were all they, the information. Why were they putting milk in the pottery? Just because it's liquid. You can't hold it in your hands very well. No, but what I mean is, how do they know that they were drinking it? What? You can't can't make pots out of milk. Oh, I was being such a dumb woman. (laughs) You mean they thought, like, they were mixing it with milk? I thought they were using the the milk to make pots. I was like, I have proved history wrong (laughs) with logic. No, I'm just a dumb Right. Dumb broad. No, they were were putting milk in the pots and then taking it out with their mouths. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Classic cup manoeuvre. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, and yeah, and if you kind of want to ask, like, oh, why would humans start drinking milk? It makes complete sense, really, because babies drink milk from their mother's breasts mm-hmm. until formula was invented, which freed us all, apparently. <laughs> yeah, and everything's equal, and mothers are treated the same. Exactly, yeah. 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 The no, misogyny is dead, as we said earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really nutritious. It's got like, it's like, I think, 87% water, 4% fat, which is probably quite high, 5% milk sugar, and then loads of vitamins, minerals, all that kind of jazz. Mm. So it's really good for you. So, so presumably people got to a point where they were living in stationary situations. They were having a lot of kids that weren't dying as much, and uh, women didn't have enough milk of their own, so... Let's outsource it to the cow. Yeah, and they were like, okay, well, we've got this cow because it's just hanging around eating grass and, like, you know, we kill them sometimes. Sure. And look at its big tits. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we uh, Why don't we yeah. milk those? It's kind of weird, though, that, like, you would never drink another human's breast milk. You'd be like, ew, because there was that thing this week where a woman said that she found out another mum from school had made some brownies for a bake sale with her breast milk. Yeah. And then everyone yeah. kicked off, which is disgusting. But it's kind of gross. But I wouldn't kick off. I wouldn't like complain to the school. I'd be like, "She's weird. Let's have her over. See what she says." (laughs) (laughs) But it's weird that kind of you react so much to that. But then you're like, "Oh, what that big lumbering, dirty thing in the field? Yeah, I'll eat that milk. Yeah, the thing that's just done a shit and sat on it. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, exactly. But um, but basically, cow milk like really isn't that gross, um, because we pasteurize it. What does that mean? What does that mean? Like boil it or something? Pasteurization was invented by Louis Pasteur. Of course. Um, In the 19th century. And you just heat the milk to a high temperature, 71 degrees, uh, for more than 15 seconds and less than 25. And it kills off the bacteria. So it kills off salmonella, E. coli, listeria, all that kind of stuff. Can we just say we boil the milk? Uh, But we don't boil it, Caroline. We pasteurize it. Sounds like we boil it, and then you, uh, and then you. No, that was invented by John Boyle hundred years later. Uh, and then you cool it really quickly, and then it's fine. But if that's the case, how come people didn't die from drinking raw milk before, from getting salmonella and E. coli and listeria? <gasps> because it's political correctness gone mad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah! 
no. Because oh, we were tough as old boots back then. <laughs> well, actually, because uh, in olden days, it normally came kind of straight from the cow. Like, there wasn't so much of a gap between it coming out of the cow and it going oh, in your mouth. Yeah, there, there wasn't like a national milk market. It was like you yeah. bought your milk from your man up the road. Yeah, yeah So exactly. the journey was quite short. Who yeah. had been up milking since dawn. Yeah, yeah. so and I'd hang around sexy. for like... Yeah, fucking hell. Look at those forearms yeah. from that utter poking. <laughs> Squeezing? <laughs> yeah, so the milk used to hang around for like, I don't know, like a few hours, less than a day probably, and so it's less likely that bacteria would have time to develop. Yeah, I see. Essentially yeah. is why. So what about the um, the moral implications of milk, Anna? Well, Caroline, I almost didn't want to look into milk because I like cereal mm. and I don't like almond milk, soy milk, all of that. And also you can't milk a nut or a soy. No. Yeah. You can pound it until it's kind of a liquidised mulch. Mushy crap. But that doesn't make it milk. No. Yeah, they, they did an EU rule saying that if it's not from a mammal, you can't call it milk. Um, but loads of companies kind of skirt around it. And actually, if you look at it um, really closely, the companies don't put the word milk on their packets. Do they actually not? They no. just say like almond and then they, they show a kind of a splashy milk image. Yeah. Oh my You're God, absolutely I dead never right now that I think about it. Yeah. Of that. But it's so clever because we all, we all call it almond milk, soy milk, coconut milk, all of that stuff, hemp milk, whatever. And because you call it milk, you're like, oh, so I can use it in tea. I can use it on cereal. I can use it in baking. Yeah. And like... It's just genius, isn't it? That it's is. really just juice. But if someone was like, oh, Caroline, do you want to put some hemp juice on your Cheerios? Ew. No. I'd be like, ah, I don't think so. Can you make milk out of hippies' bags? Yeah, you can. You can make milk out of anything. Anything pale and sort of bland flavoured. You just can't market it as milk until we leave the EU. Yeah. And then you can do what the fuck you want. Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so going back to the, the sad cow, um, it kind of seems to depend who you ask. So I spent a bit of time on the PETA website. Obviously, mm. they're very, like, very sad cow. The cow's so sad. Oh. PETA's cow is very sad. Um, and they kind of talk about how, like, oh, the cows don't even want to be pregnant. And then they have these babies and uh, they get ripped away from them at one day old. And... And they just have to breastfeed and it's like a horrible factory and they get mastitis, which is an infection of the boobs, mm. um, which sounds really nasty. And I was like, oh, God. You seem to be implying by your tone that not all of this might not be true. <laughs> well, um, but I really like milk. <laughs> I think basically there's a lot of variation in how cows are treated mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of happy cows and there probably are. A lot of sad cows, but the term "happy cow" gets thrown around a lot in the supermarket. Yeah, happy yeah. chickens. Yeah, but is there is there really a legal uh, definition of what a happy cow is, or is that just some marketing bullshit? Oh God, I have no idea. Oh, that's surely marketing. But bullshit. I did see. Who a... knows if a cow is happy? Yeah, <laughs> apart from the one on the cheese. Oh yeah, <laughs> she's having yeah. laughing crack. cow. Yeah, she's fucking loving life. Yeah, off her head. Yeah, but then I did find like a kind of farmers forum on Reddit that was really nice. Uh, And someone had asked like, are cows happy? Are they okay to be milked all the time? And he kind of said, my cows seem fine. Like when I go in to milk them in the morning, some of them are like, oh, hello. And they'll kind of walk over and... But surely um, to to and I'm I, I'm not vegan or anything. I just I'm uh, very intrigued by the discussion. Um, surely in order for them to have milk in their udders all the time, they have to be nursing all the time, so they have to be, you know, always having babies. Same with um, humans, though. If you if something is breastfeeding you all the time, if you're mm-hmm. human, you will keep producing milk. 
Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. So that's why you get those you women can... who produce for like seven years. Yeah. Yes. I think a lot of farmers artificially inseminate cows. Um, and yeah, they do take the babies away, which Aww. is sad. But do cows care? Well, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know how you could know. So it sounds like that, and I'm not drawing a comparison between an animal's life and a human life, although I think that's what PETA does too often, to be honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this cow couldn't pay its bills. The milk, <laughs> the milk industry is a bit like... Um, the sort of international clothing industry in that it's so huge and that the people aren't just regulating it enough. So corruption and people cutting corners and people doing incredibly cruel treatment is common because there's not enough rules there, right? But I think there's becoming that more and more rules are coming in, even with dare, a lot of dairy stuff as well. But really? I mean, the, which is good, which is good because then you know you don't get yeah. milk full of weird hormones. Although obviously there's got to be hormones in milk. Yeah, no, but but there are rules because I was looking as well into the antibiotics thing because I guess you might have seen there's a whole kind of scare theory about like there's all these antibiotics in cow milk and we're all just drinking them every day in your cups of tea. Um, but even like a Daily Mail article about that had to admit that the doses of hormones and antibiotics found in cow's milk are too small to have any effect on the person drinking them. So those articles were all like, oh, there's antibiotics everywhere. Like there's literally like a tiny, tiny fraction. And cows, yeah, cows do get treated with antibiotics to stop them having mastitis, which is the horrible, you know, infected yeah. boobs. Um, but actually when cows are taking antibiotics, they're taken out of the milk chain. Mm. So if a cow is on antibiotics, it's got an infection. Oh, okay. You milk, a thick day, you'd, still, you'd still milk it, but you would chuck that milk out because you can't use it because it's like gross. Yeah, like if a cow is unwell, they will have a sick day. Oh, oh. watch a bit of Netflix. Perfy up. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and the other thing as well as the antibiotics and the sad cows is the pus. Have you seen that? But. <laughs> Yeah, nasty, right? There's kind of scare stories about, like, there's all this pus in your milk, and you're like, oh, that sounds bad. Um, apparently, this is just kind of misinformation, because actually uh, what it is is it's white blood cells, and they create pus, but they are not pus. So the white blood cells help you fight infection, and it is always present in milk to some level because it's just always present in like our bodies to some level um, and there's a certain amount which is allowed to be in milk that's just a normal amount I've never heard that pus thing but now I'm grossed out and reassured at the same time yeah yeah, exactly. yeah so I was kind of grossed out I'd kind of been grossed out lately by all of these various items that I'd seen about milk um, and I kind of was thinking like oh I'm gonna hate milk I'm gonna never want to drink milk again when I come out of it and I kind of feel like milk's Milk's all right. Milk's all right. Yeah. How do you feel about the potential that there are going to be a lot of people coming after you on social media about this? Because if you check the hashtag, not your mother, not your milk, like it's the big vegan hashtag. It's one of them. And people are so passionate and they go after people who mention milk on Twitter and stuff. Oh. So you might uh, get some get some flack for this. Well, hand. I've recorded the segment now, Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late to back out. It can be your first trolling. <laughs> So we're almost at the end of this week's podcast. But before we go, we've just got time for our smart lesson, which Yay. this week is brought to you by ultra-famous internet lady, Bella Younger, a.k.a. Deliciously Stella. Because Bella is a smart woman, she's very busy, of course, so we caught a few minutes with her outside the studio in between her chai yoga lesson and her nightly eight-hour meditation session. Of course. Here she is. 
So Bella, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. So you are uh, here today to partake in our smart lesson, teaching us all how to be a smart woman. And you are a bona fide smart woman. Well, I hope so. Smartish, hopefully, in some ways. Smarter. We all aspire to be you. Yes. Yeah, we all aspire to be smartish. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Smart enough. Like smart enough to get the train on your own, but not so smart that you can't get dates. Although I did, on my way back from Glastonbury, I was meant to be going up to Edinburgh to go and see my parents. And I got to King's Cross and realised that I had booked my train for the week before. So I'm not smart enough to actually get a train. Oh, no. That's the perfect level of smart for the smart lesson, I think. I think so. Yeah. Can't get a train can have a brand and a podcast. Mm. Yeah. Elegant segue, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you're here to uh, talk to us about how to develop your brand with a podcast. Um, So maybe to start off, could you tell us what your brand is for anyone who doesn't know? So basically, I run a parody Instagram account called Deliciously Stellar which takes the piss out of influencers and people who eat lots of healthy food in a sort of gentle mocking way. (laughs) They need it, come on. Yeah, I mean, they definitely deserved it. Yeah. Um, And I decided that I was gonna start my own podcast. So I wanted to look at the science behind everything that I was taking the piss out of. And so I interviewed lots of clever people who knew what they were talking about, who could tell me about the woes of eat clean. Uh, So I know lots of interesting things about how bad coconut oil really is. Yeah. You're busting the myth with science now. Yeah. I was done humour. Yeah. Now you're on science. I myth busted and then <laughs> and then I did another series where I interviewed lots of really cool ladies who I admire about how they got to where they are in their careers. And now I do another series with one of my friends from school about how I'm about to turn thirty and I'm not really an adult. Well, is anyone? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm doing it extra specially badly. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought, because obviously we know nothing about podcasting. We thought you, we'd ask you a few tips. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. So your smart lesson is going to teach us about podcasting. So why podcasting in particular? Aren't there lots of different ways to develop your brand? I think the best thing about podcasting is you can do it on your own as long as you can get some sort of recording equipment. Like, learning to edit is actually not that difficult. You can just do it and you can just put it out there. And I had a platform and I was like, at least, you know, someone will listen and it will be fun. And it just felt like a really organic way to just sort of get my voice heard in a different way. What's it like doing a podcast with your friend? It's it's, it's really, it's really, really fun doing it with a mate because it's just like having a really great chat and you don't have to sort of try and get information out of someone because you know that we're both like we're sort of in competition to be the funniest yeah so we're both just like giving it our all yeah hmm. in competition to be the funniest i wonder yeah you know anyone who does that i <laughs> would not know anyone that does that no it must be nice doing it with people that you know everything about though yeah imagine that'd be a lovely environment i imagine that'd be quite nice yeah but isn't it hard because women famously can't say negative things about each other isn't it hard to sort of criticize each other's work when you're writing a script and things like that <laughs> Oh yeah, no, it's, it's very difficult because obviously, you know, I just have to sort of preface everything with a, by the way, your lipstick looks amazing, yeah. but yes. I'm not sure about that line. <laughs> obviously you yeah, are fabulous yeah. and amazing and empowered, but... Yeah, you look really thin today, but yeah. that joke is rubbish. <laughs> so when you are a smart woman with a podcast, mm. uh, you can sometimes get guests on. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And how do you, how do you decide um, who's going to be good and how do you ask them politely? So basically what I do is I sort of go through my Instagram followers and try and pick the people who I think 
are the most famous and will give me the most exposure by being on my podcast. So you're saying to pick a woman you like that you've known on Instagram and invite them on your podcast. Yeah. Oh, okay. Exactly. Okay, that's, Words. That is wise. I mean, if we had a podcast, that sounds like a good thing for us to do. Yeah, it sounds like what we'd what we would do in theory. Yeah. And once you um, have a podcast, how do you make sure that other people know about it and that they can listen to it? Well, you've got to try and get it out on something called Acast okay, or okay. iTunes. That's right. what I do. And then people can search it and they can find it. And then you just have to sort of aggressively social media promote it as much, as little as you find really embarrassing. My producer's always like, why don't you tag these people <laughs> in your post about your podcast? And I'm like, no, 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 I can't. No, I simply can't. <laughs> I simply cannot. Like, I'm too British. And she's like, yeah. yeah, well, you know, you have grown this quite quite large platform, surely somehow. And I'm like, not by doing that. No, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> well, Bella, thank you so much for coming to join us and teaching us about how, as smart women, we can have podcasts you can indeed and where can we find your podcast you can find my podcast on itunes or acast by searching deliciously stella wow Wow. if i was clever enough i would do that (laughs) maybe someday you will be get a man to download it for me (laughs) well that brings us to the end of the podcast um because we're women we'll implode if we don't say thank you thank you and sorry yes at the drop of a hat uh, thank you then to Polly Thorpe for her question about scaffolding. Thank you to Sylvie for letting us talk about her wormy bum hole. Thank you to Harry Harris for our jingles and Gavin Day who talks for our logo. To Soho Radio Studios for their recording space. Um, and I just want to say thank you one more time if I can. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, please do go along and rate us on the Apple Podcast Store. Thank you. I'm sorry for asking. So sorry. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.